Episode 21, The Biggest Sugar Fast Results with author Wendy Speak. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we relearn how to lose weight so you can reach your goal weight with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the busy moms who've tried it all. If you're tired of endless dieting, a tired mom, and ready to learn what works, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzant. Let's get this lesson started. Mamas, I am thrilled to have author Wendy speak on the podcast today. She is a trained actress, a Bible teacher, a speaker, and the writer of the 40 day sugar fast. This is a book that helped so many of my mamas give up sugar with ease when they previously thought it was impossible. And the subtitle of where physical detox meets spiritual transformation will tell you exactly why. Wendy shares today how her work with moms and learning what common triggers were for moms that stopped them from showing up as the versions of themselves in parenthood and in life that they wanted to be led her to this work in creating the 40 day sugar fast. This episode is chock full of mom wisdom. And I love that it shows where science meets faith to support you in making the best decisions. So join me in welcoming Wendy Speak. All right. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so thrilled to have you here today to talk about the sugar fast and your experiences with sugar and fasting. (laughs) So I noticed your sugar fast. We discovered it in my coaching group last year, and we start our diet with no flour, no sugar. I definitely came about this from more of a medical side. I think you come about it from more of a faith-based side. But what I found was there was so much overlap. I already saw it. And as I read your words, I'm like, these are some of the things I'm already saying in a very different context. And what I found with my mamas who were sugar fasting was that when we brought in your sugar fast book, it's called the 40 day sugar fast ladies. It changed so much in their hearts and their ability to stick to it because they had a stronger reason to do it. And so I wanted to ask you first a little bit of the history for you on how you developed this, because I look at you and I know you were an actress and I don't think you struggle with your weight. You may disagree with that. I know you shared in your history, some sugar issues, but how did you come up with this idea of incorporating this all together? Oh, I'm so glad you started with that question because I get to tell you that it wasn't for deeply spiritual reasons. It was only in the process of doing it that I realized, oh, I've been calling it a fast, but this isn't a physical detox. This is a spiritual fast. And you said it gave your ladies reasons. And when you and I were talking earlier, you used a different word than reason. It gave you a why. And that why is just so rooted when it's not just some random, I think I'll feel better if, no, there is a why there. So yes, I'd love to tell you the story. I was already co-leading a Facebook group specifically for moms and specifically for moms who were struggling with anger in their parenting, reactionary 
responses rather than gentle, you know, all the, all the good parenting we want to do. It was all the emotional stuff. And it was in that group one day that I had said, so what are your triggers? What are the things that set you off? And hundreds and then thousands of responses. And then the very next day, Amber Leah, my writing partner in that group, she started just dealing with them one at a time saying, let's not deal with what our kids are doing wrong that are making us angry. Instead, what's going on with us? And so we went through this series and we called it Triggers. And that became our first book. And it was really a parenting book for helping moms exchange their angry reactions for gentle and more biblical responses. So that's all background. That just tells you like in the context of the conversation, who were we talking to? Why were we talking with them? What was our agenda? So it was in that group about a year later Um, that I said, hey, what would happen, you know, totally off the cuff, not thinking it through, not coming from the medical aspect that like you were, or from the spiritual, which is where I ended up. It was just a very off the cuff. Hey, what would happen if we laid down sugar for 40 days? We know that we're having a hard time keeping our crud together when we're responding to our kids. We see how sugar affects our children emotionally up and down and all around, right? It's like they're on a teeter-totter on a merry-go-round if they've been having sugar. Is it possible that our struggles as moms to be calm and consistent and kind and maybe even Christ-like, could it be that our diets are making it hard to regulate emotionally? And therefore relationally. And so everyone's like, oh gosh, I mean, you just mentioned 40 days sugar fast and I have no one wants all of us, right? Everybody gets looped in when we say something like that. Okay. I know I need it. So in that very first year, and this was about seven years ago, man, it was only a couple of weeks into it. And we all realized this isn't just a physical detox. This is a spiritual fast. We are laying down something that's temporary and ordinary that we turn to regularly so that we can focus our intentions on the one who is eternal and extraordinary, who changes our present circumstances and changes us, not just our weight, not just our struggles, but he changes our lives when we come to him with the same hunger as we turn to our pantries and we turn to that nightly bowl of ice cream or whatever. And so instead of bouncing from sugar high to sugar high to get us through our stressful days, we started turning to the most high and he started changing us. Even if he wasn't going to change our days, he was changing us to deal with our days. And that's when it really transformed. And we found our why we are laying down sugar so that we might feast on, we fast in order to feast on the right things. Now, if you were just doing a diet, you would say, oh, let's stop eating sugar. Let's crowd out the sugar by eating more lean proteins and leafy green vegetables. And that would be a diet. What makes Mm -hmm. it a fast is instead of crowding out the sugar with other healthy foods, we're crowding out why we turn to the sugar by turning intentionally to the one who made us and loves us and wants to transform not just our diet, but our lives. And it gives you, I think that there's so many answers in what you said in the strength of doing it when you turn to more strength, right? Instead of just trying to rely on my own strength to do it, when I turn to God for the strength, probably part of the reason why the why feels easier when you're doing something like this with it, Um, because, because there's more power there behind you. I love that. I love the way that you came up with it too, because honestly, 
um, it makes a lot more sense for me because what I found to be different in your sugar fast, because I think, you know, I grew up Catholic, so I knew Lent and I think there were times I gave up sugar and I was like, what's the difference here? But you're like each day, your writings are so relatable for moms. It's like, oh, this is exactly what I'm going through. Oh, I understand that. And many of the words are some of the same type of words that I use. Like we use food doesn't fix that you have in there. Sugar doesn't fix this, right? Sugar won't be the answer. And so it's a very relatable way to digest something that has felt out of your power, probably historically, right? And turn it to a higher power. And I could see that mom in you definitely in your writing through the sugar fast. Well, and now that you know the story, you know that it actually was written for moms. I mean, that's not, that's not a big deal in the book. I don't, I I tried very hard to not make that a big thing because I wanted this to be relatable for all people, depending, you know, regardless of their life season. And I mean, we have men that do this with their wives and sometimes kids are looped in with it too. I've got young women that haven't started families, but really it was begun for moms. Let's get our emotions and our physical well-being in check so that we can just do the very best parenting that we can be because we know we can't, as I say, sugar doesn't make a mom sweet. <laughs> it just doesn't. No, it doesn't. Anything, it, it turns us into monsters, you know? So How did your relationship cool. with sugar evolved? I mean, cause do you do a couple sugar fast a year? I think I saw that somewhere. I do. And, and, you know, as I come to the end of this, these 40 days, And I do encourage your listeners to pick it up because it is right in line with what you're already tuning in to Emily to get encouragement about, but it will help you find a deeper, more powerful why. I love what Emily said, which is in your power. No, it's not possible, but in a higher power, when you get that why, all of a sudden it's not quite so hard. Even if you quote unquote fail, I have people reach out all the time. Oh no, I failed. It's like, uh, Did you just go the first 13 days without sugar? Totally not a fail. Good job, you. Good job, God. You know, and because you never imagine being able to do that in your life before you start something like this. First step. So it totally has evolved over the years. So, oh, but where am I in my, I guess, calendar year? I think that each time I do it, year after year, I'm just more committed to a sugar free lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so near the end of this book, I say, instead of fasting from sugar, I live a life of fasting and then I fast fasting. So if I know I'm going to be going on a trip to Hawaii with my husband and we love going to Tommy Bahamas for dinner and there is that one dessert that I love there. And maybe, you know, I want to get a pina colada when we're at the beach one day. And during that time, I fast from my fasting. Mm. And usually by the end of the week, even if there's only a couple of sweet treats that I've had, my, my, my muscles and my joints are inflamed. And when I eat sugar, like I'll just gain 10 pounds in a week of vacation. And it's not because I'm overeating. It's the water weight. It's it's just, yeah. My whole body's like, you know, that's not good for me. So it doesn't take me long to go. Oh yeah, that's right. I shouldn't have done that. Except it was fun with my husband and whatever. And so I fast from fasting during the holidays. If I make my mom's, you know, sour cream cutout cookies and decorate them with the boys, you know, then 
I'm going to have one. Um, If we go out for a fun meal with another couple and uh, they want to share a piece of key lime pie, I'm not necessarily going to say no to that. Sometimes I fast from fasting. And so now I just live a life where when I crave that, and this really is the heart of the book. When I crave sugar during my days, I happen to be in a very stressful life season right now family-wise. We've got some traumas in our family. And my husband and I both, both are realizing at the end of the day, we just want a quote unquote win, right? I just, I just need a sweet treat because I need a win at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And because of these, these rounds of 40 days of fasting, I know, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I'm supposed to turn to for a win. I know God's word says, I know that Christ himself said, Come to me when you're weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What am I turning to? What am I coming to? What am I running to? I know that God's word says that he's a stronghold, a fortress, and I should run into him in times of stress. And yet when I run into my pantry and I run into Starbucks and I run into all those sweet lattes and leftover brownies, instead of experiencing that healthy stronghold, that protection, I end up in the stronghold of sugar addiction once again. So because I've done this 40 day after 40 day after 40 day, year after year, I now know these things are true. So it's not how many times do I do this throughout my year? It's no, this has actually become the standard for how I live. And I take breaks from it sometimes, but usually almost within a week of taking those breaks and my sleep is fitful and my body hurts. I go, oh, that's right. You know, physically, physiologically, not just spiritually, this is better for me. That is so good. I literally had tears in my eyes listening to you say that because you answered two of my ladies' questions for you. I let some of them send me questions and they said, what does she do when she really wants the sugar and has the cravings? But the other thing is I've been reading that exact Bible verse recently about experiencing the love of Christ, right? Like I will give you rest. And I think there's something so key. You guys can see why this book is so good. (laughs) Just listening to Wendy speak, because the truth is there's something I find in my own church life. When I go to church on Sunday, I hear my preacher talk a lot about how do you make this part of your daily life? How do you not just come to church on Sunday and all of a sudden it impacts you every day? And so many of my mamas are, we call them perfectionist, people pleasers, rule followers. They're the good girls who grew up to be the do-it-all moms. That's who I coach. (laughs) That's my story. It's their story. Can we just take a moment to just acknowledge how exhausting that is? So um, (laughs) I'm just even hearing the description. (laughs) Yes. It's so tiring trying to live by all those standards because you think that's what makes you good enough. And so we turn to sugar on the back end to fulfill us, right? And I love the the way that you just described it because it's that is the transition, right? Of if I can recognize that each time I want to go back to sugar, I just give it to God. I just say like, I can give this to God and this can be a place for me to recognize his love. Mm -hmm. And then the more time I spend in that, the more natural it becomes, it just becomes your future. Yes. Which is exactly what's happened for you. Yeah. And here's one thing. This is not in the book. This is just, you know, two, two moms having a conversation here and inviting all their other mom friends to listen. Yes. Um, one of the things that I've done in my life beyond fasting, uh, well, there are a couple things. One, I just remember that I feel better physically. Two, I remember that God said, hey, in those emotional moments, 
when you actually have a need and you're turning to food to meet a need that it wasn't created to meet, come to me. I'm for that. I'm your go-to guy. Not Starbucks, not sweet tea at Chick-fil-A because you need a win. Me, come to me. So that's become one of my life beyond the fast rules. The other one, I think of it as a hashtag, <laughs> hashtag don't sugar alone. I think we can get, <laughs> you know, if, if, if any of y'all have recognized that you're turning to alcohol in an unhealthy way on your own, cause it's five o'clock somewhere, you've had a long day, kids are down early for the night, you know, or napping or whatever. And you can just justify, it's just a glass of wine. It's not like I'm going to be drunk, Right. I think it's common for us to say, you know, don't drink alone. Mm -hmm. If you're going to choose to drink, make sure it's because you're out on a date with your husband and limit it to one glass of wine. If you're going to make the choice to drink or when you go out for a fun girls weekend, have a choice, make the choice to drink a glass of wine or whatever your, your drink is. Again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you drink if you don't drink. I'm just saying, I think we can all get our minds around that. What would happen if we put the same parameters around our sweet treats where if we're going to indulge in a sweet treat, goodness sakes, don't do it alone because that is just so obviously I'm doing it because I need something to get me through this moment alone. When Christ just said, come to me with that when you're weary and heavy laden, come to me when you're stressed. You know, we know him as the comforter. And yet I think we turn to comfort foods. We know Mm -hmm. him as the counselor. And yet we turn to retail therapy, just another form of right. Consuming things. We turn to him. We don't turn to him as the, as the great physician. We know his word says that he is instead we self-medicate with what we eat and Mm -hmm. what we drink. So as we start to turn to him, rather than our food. I think that everything begins to find its proper place over time. Yes. It's funny that you use those words because we call that in coaching buffers. It's like all the things externally, the shopping, the alcohol, the Netflix, the social media, (laughs) which you have a lot of those. It is. It is. And many of my moms will turn from one to the next. Right. And so if instead, especially as we see that, like even with bariatric surgery, people will start drinking excessively in those sorts of things because they're looking for something else to fulfill that purpose. Yeah. Fill that hole. That hole. And and I will tell you, honestly, I, I have such firm belief. I was so excited to talk to you because that for your 40 day sugar fast for my ladies changed sugar. Like all of a sudden the ones who are just struggling and struggling, were like, I can do this. I, I like the time limit to begin with as well. Why did you pick 40 days? Was it just specific to? No, I told you how smart I was when I threw this out as an idea. Hey guys, what would happen if? <laughs> you just decided 40 days. I, just, I random? know that God had a plan, not Wendy. Okay. However, the number 40 is really profound. Uh, you know, I, after the 40 day sugar fast book came out and it, and it, it did so well. My, my publisher and I worked together to put together a 40 day fast journal that people can use regardless of what they're laying down. And at the very beginning of it, I quote um, Rick Warren in the purpose driven life. And let me see. It says, this is what he wrote. The Bible is clear that God considers 40 days, a spiritually significant time period. Noah's life was transformed by 40 days of rain. Moses was transformed by 40 days on Mount Sinai. The spies were transformed by 40 days in the promised land. 
David was transformed by Goliath's 40-day challenge. Elijah was transformed when God gave him 40 days of strength from a single meal. The entire city of Nineveh was transformed when God gave the people 40 days to change. Jesus was empowered by 40 days in the wilderness, and the disciples were transformed by 40 days with Jesus after the resurrection. So there is definitely something significant about 40 days. However, I remember one of the gals that fasted with me early on, Amy Bennett, she reached out to me and she said, it wasn't 40 days for me. I had to do not one round of 40 days and not two rounds. She did three rounds back to back to back. And I have now heard this story from more people than I can remember. I mean, I have heard this. The people have said, I got to the end of 40 days. I knew that the stronghold was not broken. I knew that the sugar shackles were not released yet. So I just went back to day one and I went through it again. And then I went back to day one and I did it again. And by about day 120, I was like, oh, oh. (laughs) I I think I can do this. Something has changed. So is there something significant about 40 days? I do think there is. Yeah. Yeah. However, for some people it's 120 days. Yeah. And for some people it becomes a decision for life. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it takes not 40 days, not 120 days. It takes those days to come to the place where we're not held captive Mm -hmm. by those sugar shackles anymore. That's a really interesting way to say it. Cause I wonder where that place is, you know, I mean, it, it's different probably for everybody. How do you deal with um, sugar in your house? What do you do with your kiddos? Do you have a lot of sugar? You stay, I know you have three boys. Yes. And when they were young, I think that I rolled right in to motherhood the way that I had been mothered, which is yes, you celebrate with everything, food, right? <laughs> so And then there's so much sugar in the normal snacks, whether it's the granola bars or the fruit snacks and, you know, fruit by the foot and all those things that are supposed to be your healthy go-to snacks. No, they're just candy, but making cookies. And especially I found when my children's behavior was worse, I tried to make things special and just ended up feeding them more sugar, which only intensified <laughs> their bad behavior. Yeah. So I think that we have to do some learning as moms. Oh, wait, what can I do? I wish I could go back and just kind of start over where I am today. Don't we all? I think that most moms, whether it's how you respond when your kids do wrong with your words or how you respond with what you're cooking, right? But what I did probably around the time they were, oh, this was about 10 years ago, I just started transitioning. We didn't have a lot of breads and, you know, the simple carbohydrates and sugary treats. I started, if I was going to make muffins, you know, I I used to love making these double chocolate zucchini muffins. And because I put zucchini in it, I was like, it's healthy, healthy. right? It's healthy. (laughs) Don't mind the two cups of sugar and all the other things that are in there. So I I started doing that, but I'd switch it out for almond flour. And then instead of the sugar, I switched it out for, um, I would soak dates in maple syrup and then I would blend them. So it was a very sweet substitute, but it was all natural. It was raw. It wasn't refined. So I found ways to make sweet treats for the boys that were refined flours. So I started doing that early on. And then as they became teenagers, which is a whole nother conversation, Yes, I didn't want to restrict their diet in a way that they couldn't own in the future. 
So I would talk about the why I cooked this way, the why I fed them this way, but that their life is now their own to make these choices. So at home, I cook this way. When we go out and there, and there are things on the menu that they want, they get to make those choices because this is their life. And I didn't want them to feel micromanaged and controlled where they would act out of control when they were in a, you know, a hidden place. I had heard a statistic that a lot of kids that go to college, there's a big percentage of kids that actually binge drink to the point of death their freshman year of college are from conservative kind of controlling home environments. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me because I think that as moms, we can control our kids' diets to the Mm -hmm. point where when they're on their own, they will act out of control. So I tried to kind of pass that baton and they don't make choices always. Regularly, they don't make choices that I would like them to make in their diet, but I've set them up in so many ways with my why. And I hope that it becomes their why. But it's so strong because no matter what, like there's so much in that nurture in the way that you look at food to begin with that it's going to be in them. It's funny that you just look at the different ways we come about this. Cause as you're saying that I was thinking, yeah, there's, there were some studies from Harvard, like the medical side of it said this, where it was like, if we overly restrict, then they want it all. If we don't teach them the any of the good habits, then they want it all. So there's a balance in between yeah. that works the best. Kind of the medical studies support that as well. Good. As you know, I'm glad. Yeah. I, Mom yeah. wisdom is pretty strong, to be I honest. I didn't even have to go to Harvard for that one. <laughs> it's amazing. We know it. Like, you yeah. know, it's funny. You know it. You know you were rewarding them with food before. We know that's what we grew up with. We just yes. don't really know how to change it in a perfect yes. way. And I think when we're seeking for perfection, you know, I just love the ability and I love what you do with your fast of like, just take it back to God. Just give it to God. Like you're human. You don't, you're not supposed to be perfect. You don't have all the answers. Just give it a shot. <laughs> Right, right. And and I have so many people, I have to tell you every time I lead this online, because I do an online 40 day sugar fast every January. And oh goodness, we have between, I don't know, 10, 15, 20,000 women that all do this together each year. Yes. And they bring new people in and, and year after year, I mean, I have people that have done it with me for seven years now. And every time God's revealing new things and new layers are being peeled back and new friends are being brought in. And it's just a really exciting time. But every year I'm reminded just that God's invitation has come to me, Mm -hmm. come to me with that. But people want to know, okay, Wendy, but what can I eat? No, 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 no. Even that you Mm -hmm. take that to the Lord. Even Mm -hmm. that you take that to the Lord. And then during our sugar fast, because God never ever, not once, called us to fast from sugar in his Bible. But he did multiple times say, follow me and come to me. Mm -hmm. And so that really is the biblical bedrock of why this is a fast, a spiritual fast. But during our early days of the fast, I always encourage the ladies to say, but what else are you turning to? Yes, you and I both know that alcohol turns to sugar in your gut. So some people would be like, well, duh, when I'm fasting from sugar, I ought to fast from alcohol. Many of the women that sign up are just thinking about, you know, checking out at the grocery store and grabbing the Snickers bar, grabbing the nightly bowl of ice cream, doing their highly sugared latte in the morning. Like this is what they think when they think sugar. Yeah. But during the fast, we say, but what else are you reaching for? And I had a gal say to me, I realized that I'm reaching for sugar 
the same way that I used to reach for alcohol. I used to put my, my alcohol up above the fridge and when nobody was around, I'd open it and I'd reach up because nobody else goes in that cupboard. So it was a good hiding place for it. She said, I stopped drinking and that's where I ended up putting my sugary treats, you know, the leftover Easter candy and stuff like that. And um, I said, well, good idea, but next time you got to reach higher. Yeah. Not up there to that hidden cupboard, but reach higher because God says, come to me, but never in his Bible, never in his word. Did he say, you know what? You need to do a, a sugar fast, or you need to do an alcohol fast, or you need to do a social media fast. Instead, he said, hold fast to me. I'll hold fast to you. So it's just such a wonderful why. And really, as we do this year after year, 40 days at a time, 120 days at a time, a lifetime, the goal isn't that we're setting down sugar. The goal is that we start turning to him and that we have a lifetime of turning to him. Mm -hmm. And it's such a place. I just love that. It's such a accessible place for us to introduce this into our daily life, you know, because we so it's so easy for moms to just walk through the kitchen and grab something. And when you stop, I remember last year we did it. We've done it two years now, but the first year I put a picture, you have a picture of a cake stand with a, um, with your Bible on it. And so I put that out in the middle of my kitchen to remember like, okay, this is your, this is your reminder because it's so quick that we turn to it and we don't even notice. Yeah, absolutely. I know you do other fasts. The social media fast is the one you're working on right now. Tell us the um, kind of the the crux behind that. I haven't done that one. I shared with you before with many of us, I think, who feel like we have online businesses or have to somehow be in that realm. um, Don't really feel like we could do it. But we were even talking before and you said, no, you can do it. Absolutely. <laughs> just like, just like some people are like, you know, can I still eat yogurt? Hey, I didn't tell you a list of what you can eat and can't eat. Take the details of your fast to the Lord. And for some people I say, maybe this is supposed to be a, a diet Dr. Pepper fast for you when it comes to the sugar fast. What are you turning to, to get you through your days? And instead you lay that down and you turn to the one who can get you through your days. And in that conversation, I ask, so what else are you turning to? And in mass, in chorus, they respond, my phone. I turn to my phone. I say I love God most, but I pick my phone up more. Okay, so let's set down our phones. Now, your question, Emily, is everybody's question to some degree, but I'm so connected online. I'm so connected. I need to X, Y, and Z. And I respond, is it possible you're so connected that you're disconnected? Is Mm -hmm. Is it possible that you're so connected to those you quote unquote like that you're disconnected from those you love mm-hmm. and you don't want to be because you love them. And, and I'm not saying you don't love them, but do you have a hard time connecting with the children in front of you, with your husband in front of you, having energy at the end of the night to have sex for goodness sakes, because you're, you know, you're exercising your thumb all day. You're worn out, you know, scrolling and, and your mind's worn out and your emotions are worn out because you've been so connected or you're hidden behind your phone, is it possible we feel down because we're looking down all day long? And what would happen? Is it possible we don't just have a a neck ache, but we have a heartache because we're just all poured out into the divisive world of our devices, you know? So what would happen if we just put our phones down 
for a cotton pick and mitten? How would that transform our real life relationships and not just with our children and not just with our spouses and not just with our neighbors, but beyond that with God himself. So yes, look up and see your kids. Yes, look up and see your husband, but look up higher. And is it possible we're so distracted? We can't be devoted to him or the real life blessings in our lives. So if you need to get on your your Facebook group because your kids' school projects are announced by your teacher in a Facebook group, and you need to get online because their soccer schedule is posted on Facebook, and you need to post something because you run your church's uh, Instagram account, or you have a podcast and you need to engage with people there as you as you drop new podcasts. Is it possible you need to do that? Yes. So before you start your social media fast, take the details to the Lord because you're fasting to be more intimate with him. So take the details to him and maybe he'll be like, you know what? You need 20 minutes a day to go in, make sure you're not going to miss shocker practice, engage with the people that, and make sure it posts, but you have a lot of different things at your fingertips. If you work online, you can go to later.com and schedule all of your posts. You can go to Facebook creator and schedule them both on Facebook and on Instagram. It'll populate there too. Or I dare say, and I'm not saying that this is the Lord speaking, but I do want to suggest Emily Everyone's going to be okay if you log off. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's possible. Or the world won't say, keep going. Or you could say, hey, I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one who needs this. And so instead of me pouring into you for over the course of these next 40 days, as I log off and get poured into, I want to encourage you to step back from social media and let the Lord pour into you. And then let's, let's meet up at the end of 40 days and talk about what did we learn? Let's do a Zoom you know, party at the end of this and just share, just testify. What did we learn? How did that affect our parenting? How did that affect our marriages? How did that affect our health? Because I'll tell you, I lose more weight on my social media fast than I do on the sugar fast. Really? I'm I'm walking. (laughs) I'm doing things. I'm moving my stinking body. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. I stop scrolling and I start strolling. I I just, I get more active because I'm not distracted. You get all those endorphins. You actually do lose more weight on the social media. Well, the, the first time I don't really have a lot to lose. I mean, I, I, right. do, now, I, I do now because I just finished writing a book. And I, I always say that I gain, I gain 10 pounds every book that I read because I'm just, I'm so sedentary, sitting. right? Yeah, yeah. Sitting all day yeah. long and thinking. I know yeah. that feeling now. <laughs> and I will never, ever do the 40 day cheese fast. And I, I think that I feed myself cheese during my book writing. I like, I eat cheese and I sit. So you know, I come by it, honestly. <laughs> it's so funny. We talk about that a lot in coaching. Cause I'm like, if you go low carb, you'll find you want a lot of cheese. <laughs> I, I love cheese. Yeah. It's the next step, you know, but we can always cut them somewhere. So yeah. I want to ask you two questions kind of just to, to wrap up, because I shared with you before we got on here that I really feel like this whole coaching weight loss journey for me was actually God driven. And I was in a very traditional family practice role and I just started saying a very simple prayer to God, help me find the path that you have meant for me. And it is unfolding in front of my eyes. I completely know this was his plan. And so for those ladies who are kind of in that space of just like unfolding and starting to discover God, and maybe 
like learning that he's here with you every day and he loves you and he just wants you to turn to him. Yeah. What would be your, like, you know, if they're, if they're thinking, okay, sugar's a spot, sugar's definitely a spot I could give. What would be your advice for those who are just starting and said, maybe this is possible? Yeah. Well, goodness. I feel like there's two questions in there. Yeah. There Uh, probably was five, but yeah, (laughs) I think let's first just say, I would invite you to do the sugar fast. If you're already turning in to Emily's encouragement and you've already bought in, yes, physically, this would be better for me. It's not a big next step to say, okay, what's a resource that's going to help me do that. If you haven't actually even if you're attempting right now to live a sugar-free lifestyle, I would say reach out to your friend group, the gals you walk through in your na- in your neighborhood, the girls that you meet up at the park and do your play dates with for your kids, you know, or your mom and your sisters and your cousins, you know, just reach out to your people or post it online and say, okay, I'm going to do this sugar fast and get a community of people around you giving this a try. Mm-hmm. And then as you begin it, just avail your heart. Okay, God, I'm not going to be turning to sugar. This isn't even about the sugar. This is about finding out how sweet you are and how you might meet my needs rather than the things that I've been turning to. Um, I know that this is a podcast. It's not a you know YouTube video that you're watching us, but if you could see me, I would use my hands to demonstrate. I would start with our hands just closed together. So even if you want to do it right now, just put your hands together, kind of like you're going to pray, right? Um, And this isn't a prayer, but this intimacy, this picture of the two hands together, that's what you were created for. You were created for intimacy and closeness with God. But God's word tells us that all of us in some way at some time in our lives have gone our own way, right? You separate your hands and one of them just flies off to the side. That's what we do. And God's word just says that this is typical. We go our own way. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glories of God. But the gospel, the heart of the gospel of what Christ did was he came to earth to chase that other hand down, to chase us down and to bring us back into a right, intimate and restored relationship with God the Father. And of course, we could dig deep into all the different verses where that lays it out for us. But I just hope you get that imagery of creative for intimacy. You ran off to the pantry. You tried to meet your needs on your own. I mean, I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about all the big sins. I'm just talking in the context of how we eat. We run to the pantry. We don't run to him. We run to the freezer. We don't run to him. We run to the bar. We don't run to him. Yes, we, we can run to sexual immorality. So it doesn't matter what the sin is. The the fact is that we've run to even trying to do our mothering in our own strength. Mm -hmm. And Jesus came down. God so loved you, mom, that he sent his son to chase you down in your waywardness and bring you back into a right relationship with himself, an intimate, restored, right relationship. And I just see over and over during these fasting days, Christ's pursuit of you and of me, and of women, and of moms, because sugar isn't getting the job done. And he says, nope, it wasn't intended to. It's sweet on your tongue. It can bring pleasure to you, but it was not intended to save you. That's my job. Let me chase you down. Let me redeem you. I know you. I love you. I've called you by name. You are mine. 
anyway, so that's my invitation. Yes. There's so much, I mean, so much in that, the camaraderie in the other women too, you know, like literally how can we all build that up so that we're in a space where it's like we come together to recognize this and support each other. And then we all turn to God. Think of how for our children, that changes the example that we set for them too. And to be in a community of people, you know, I've heard the saying that change a mom, change a family, get a hold of a mom, get a hold of a family, connect with a mom, connect with a family. So reach out to your mom friends, do this fast together, and you will see that you're not just changing your diet together. You're inviting God to change your lives. And that's not just your lives. That's generations, you guys. I mean, wow. If our kids learned to turn to their sweet savior, when life is hard and we know their lives will be hard. Mm-hmm. It's a promise in this life. You will have many troubles, but you can still be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So let's turn to the one who overcomes all the sins, overcomes all the strongholds, over, overcomes all the struggles. Let's turn to him instead of turning into Starbucks and Chick-fil-A every time things get hard. Yeah. And it is, it all goes back, like you said, at the very beginning to it's your why, right? It's like, why is so much greater. If you have that strong purpose all of these tasks and these little things become so much easier. Yeah. I think that's the really what I see to be the, like the most transformational for me from your 40 day sugar fast book for sure. Is that it just, it, it's such a relatable way to just take it back in when you, when you stray to what your natural tendencies are, you're like, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And it takes you back, but I have to try that social media fast. Do you, are, are you uh, sharing at all what your new book's going to be about? Yes. So I did, you know, the sugar fast, and then we launched the book, the 40 day social media fast. And every January I do the sugar fast online. And then I follow it during Lent by getting offline. This is me getting online during Lent with I, you. And you're I know. You'll share it. If you share this, this podcast after I'm back, I'll share it with my friends too. Sure. Um, but right now I'm, I'm offline. However, the main theme, like if I could refine down both those books to one main theme, it is this, we fast in order to feast kind of what I said at the beginning, we're crowding out those things we turn to by ingesting more of God's sweet presence and his sustaining word. We are feasting on his presence and his word. We're ingesting it. We're consuming it. And, uh, and then after the fast, I say, and if you forget to feast fast again, in order to remember, but we fast in order to feast. So afterwards, I always get, I always get so many emails from people saying, can we keep going? Like literally those are the words that so many people say, can we just keep going? And for years I thought they meant, can we keep fasting? And then it occurred to me only a year or two ago, oh no, they're not asking for me to lead them in more fasts. They want me to teach them how to keep feasting even when they're not fasting. So the follow-up book next January is called The 40-Day Feast. And it's written in the same style, but instead of giving something up, we're picking something up. We're saying, okay, what would it look like? Why should I read my Bible? What does it mean to read my Bible? What does that look like? How do I do it? And this is for a person that was brought up in the church or a person who's just, you know, seeking it for the first time, feeling like, Oh God, what does it mean? Like 
I don't understand your Bible. Can you make it understandable to me? Could this help? So it's written really for, for all ladies and, and all men. Um, what is the Bible? How do we read it? But before how, it does come back to the why. Why should I read it? And really, our why is a who, which is Christ, who is known as the word of God himself. So I'm really excited about it. I'm turning it in this week to the publisher, and then it'll be released in January of 2023. I am really excited about it. I feel like I think I see the history of your time spent with moms. You can see that because it's like all these things you talk about. I'm like, well, that's what I need next. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, and remember it started with triggers. I mean, we could have had a whole conversation about how our, what we eat can even intensify our triggers. When our kids do wrong, we need to still do right. But -hmm. if you're putting all the crud in you, You can't. You don't have control over your emotional responses if all you're doing is drinking caffeine and eating sugar, Mm -hmm. right? So it started with the whole whole triggers conversation where we were pinpointing our triggers. And really, there was a book in between triggers and the sugar fast called Parenting Scripts. And the whole idea of that one is we need to figure out what we mean to say before we say something mean. So Mm -hmm. it takes us and, and allows us to pinpoint those triggers again, and then come up with better responses, more effective responses. If what we're saying isn't working, we need to say something different. So we craft those responses together. And then from that in the same group, it was, okay, well, would laying down sugar help? Now, what would happen in our parenting if we set down our phones? Oh, wow. We're feasting on God's word when we're not running to those other things. Huh? What does that mean to feast on God's word? Can we do that when we're not fasting? Like it's just been one conversation with moms. So these podcasts with, with you and with other podcasters that really invite moms into the conversation, they're my favorites because y'all are my people. Absolutely. And it's like, I feel like when I say, God, help me find the path for me, this is your path. Like it's just this beautiful path that he had intended for you through this journey of like, wow. And moms need it so much. You know, we need that support. We want to do right for ourselves. We want to do right by our children. We're overwhelmed by all of the things that modern society tells us we should be doing. And we kind of lose focus of that. I think building ourselves up first. And when we learn how to feast, we show that by example, through our families. Well, And when we're not distracted, You know, if I'm hurting my body and my mental and emotional stability because of what I'm eating or, or not moving my body and getting the healthy endorphins that I need and my adrenal glands are all burnt out, I'm not going to parent well. So this is really a parenting lesson and a parenting gift you're giving your kids. And if we set our phones down and we're not distracted Our kids don't need to get our attention. You know, so often our kids' negative behavior is because they're just trying to get our attention. And so if they have our attention, they don't need to get our attention. They just have it. And you will be amazed how your kids' behavior transforms because they just have your attention. And I don't mean you're always engaged with them. I just mean you're available intentionally because you're not hiding behind your screen. It's so easy to see now with the, we have 20 sums, teens and a four-year-old and with the four-year-old, I mean, their generation is even oh. worse because they just, because everything is yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I was thrilled to have you come on to talk about the 40 day sugar fast. And I know for those of you ladies who are giving up sugar and want a strong why, and to learn how to truly incorporate a bigger reason into this journey and see how your relationship with God can transform 
through it. It is by far the best resource that I have found. I mean, Wendy obviously knows who she's talking to and so relatable and it changed things for our mamas. So, and I know it's available on Amazon and it's at Hobby Lobby. I know yeah, that. I always that look. It's at Hobby Lobby. I know. <laughs> I need to so write them a letter and just say, thank you so much. I mean, you should, cause it's right by the candy too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm always like, Hmm, okay. Any other way that I know you're on Instagram that people could find you. If they yeah, want to find Lent, out I'll be back on Instagram and Facebook, Wendy speak. And if you'd like to join me for one of the online fasts, go to 40 daysugarfast.com. That's the number 40, 40daysugarfast.com. You can sign up there. It's a, you know, it's almost a whole year off, but I'll get a hold of you when we're doing another community fast. And we have a private Facebook group that we gather together in. So if you search on Facebook for that, just there are probably, I don't know, a hundred 40 day sugar fast groups now because everybody starts their own group every time they go through it. But ours is the one with like 50,000 people in it. Oh, so there were, I did, there. I saw it this last year. I was like, yes. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. It's a really engaging and man, everybody just, they create such sincere relationships there because in mass we're turning to Christ together and nothing bonds women together better than that. Yes. And thank you. And I am so glad that God brought you into my life to see this. It's just been such a great example. And it was part of my journey for sure. And why I so badly wanted to have you chat on the podcast. So oh, I'm so glad I was able to say, yes, this is fun. Thank you. And we will be checking in and waiting for the new book as well. Sweet. Thanks, Wendy. Bye. Bye. If you love today's show, make sure to share it with a mom who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get all of the latest lessons from the School of Weight Loss podcast. Ready to reach that goal weight? Head on over to drmommy.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-M-O-M-E.com to learn more about Weight Loss for Modern American Moms, my virtual weight loss coaching program.